Hey there, Joe Keyport here, jumping in before we start the episode. Your Coffee is celebrating our sixth birthday party at the Cedar Cultural Center on Friday, September 8th with four wonderful local bands. We have Silo, 12th House Sun, Anita Velveeta, and Early Eyes all playing. Tickets are on sale now. We'll have those linked in the show notes. It's $15 in advance, $20 the day of 50% of the funds we raise from the show will be donated to the nudie land GoFundMe as well as the sanctuary supply depot. We really want to help support some of our local friends here in the twin cities after that tragedy that happened at nudie land earlier in October. So make sure you head on out to the Cedar cultural center on September 8th. We're really lucky to be around for six years. It's crazy to think that we started this in 2016 and it's grown to this point. For some reason, you all want to stick around and hang out. And we have four wonderful bands, Silo, 12th House Sun, Anita Velveeta, and Early Eyes, who are willing to celebrate with us. Your Coffee will also have some merch on sale. We'll have our t-shirts, we'll have some stickers. We'll be doing some extra fun stuff. Hopefully some tapes and CDs of our live sessions will be available as well. We're still getting all that stuff nailed down. And proceeds from all of those will be going towards these fundraisers as well as we want to help support them. So coming out to the Cedar Cultural Center again, September 8th, that's Silo, 12th House Sun, Anita Velveeta, and Early Eyes. They'll be celebrating with us. You can get your tickets in the show notes down below. Now that that's out of the way, my name is Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to country artist Molly Brandt about her debut album, Surrender to the Night. And if you haven't listened to Molly's debut record, you need to do so as soon as you're done with this interview. I kind of don't know why you're listening to the interview before you listen to the record. Surrender to the Night is this wonderful dive into 70s country with some modern influences. It's all kind of set with the backdrop of the Midwest here, you know, in Minnesota. It's a fantastic look. I was really excited to chat with Molly. We get into her beginning. She's a relatively new songwriter. She's not a new musician, obviously, but she really dove into it following the pandemic. And it was a great chat. It's Molly Brandt, and she's right here on the Ear Coffee podcast cool so uh i'll start recording and we can just jump right into it sounds good cool hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ear coffee podcast my name is joe keyport and i'm joined by molly brandt good evening molly how's it going good how are you i'm doing well i'm glad you could join me on this thursday so uh before we jump into it, uh, first, I always like to ask, and it's a little weird with like a, a, a singer-songwriter, what is your log line for your music, for your project? When somebody asks, you know, oh, you make music, that's cool. What's your music like? It's a family member. It's a coworker. You're trying to either move the conversation along or uh, what? what's like that one <laughs> sentence that you like to give them uh, to try and explain it while keeping the conversation moving? I usually just tell them it's country and Americana and mm. rock and roll. And if I feel like elaborating, you know, there's subgenres, you know, there's like a little bit of indie rock and mm. Southern rock and stuff like that. But mostly it's like I'm country Americana singer songwriter um, who sometimes has a band. Sometimes I perform solo or with a duo or a trio or mm. um, yeah. That's kind of what I what I say unless people <laughs> asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the term Americana? I uh, I work in the country sphere. I work at a country radio station. And sometimes I feel like artists who are a little more true to the genre feel like that Americana is a way to kind of dismiss from like the more bro country that's really popular. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to 
exactly articulate how bro country or like I guess more um contemporary mm-hmm. country is different from what I'm trying to do but I don't know I always just say that I'm like continuing the tradition of American music and like I'm drawing from a lot of influences of my surroundings so I'm like talking about the Midwest a lot mm-hmm. and like Minnesota or like making references to places you know here in the Twin Cities um so I feel like it's distinctly American in that way because I'm like talking about my Mm -hmm. own territory here my my environment um and I think Americana is like such a more broad like spectrum I guess you could call bro country Americana music too like that's fair yeah i just think of that uh that tyler childers clip from when he accepted that award and he's like no i make country music i'm not an americana artist just because i don't pander to my audience yeah Yeah. i get yeah i mean i don't know i feel like maybe this record is there's definitely some really country Mm -hmm. elements but there's some more just like kind of rock and roll elements and so I'm not trying to like pigeon my whole pigeonhole myself into one category. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, like when I'm writing new songs, like I don't know if it'll be like super country or I don't know if it'll be like, you know, I don't know where it's going to go. And I'm yeah. not going to stop myself from mm-hmm. going in a certain direction if I feel like my creative flow is going that way. Um, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of room for debate and looking at history and all that good stuff, but I'm very intrigued by it. Yeah, fair. So let's get a little history here. When did you, what's your history with music? When did you start, you know, playing or when did you get into it? Kind of what, start, let's start from the beginning here. When did, when did you start wanting to, to get into music? Well, I got put in piano lessons at age five and I had been like very into singing, you know, and since I could talk pretty much. My mom's a piano player and she likes to sing. and She's a great singer. She was a great singer. And my grandma also played piano and, uh, and is a great singer. So it's just kind of like she, she was like, you're going to do piano lessons and that's that. And I just loved singing. I remember like if I was ever alone, I would just like bust out some random words. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was like mumbo jumbo. Oh, like, I don't know what I was saying, but I was singing, you know, Mm -hmm. when no one was listening. And so I continued piano lessons through till I, you know, until I was in college and I uh, took piano lessons there, but I was always in choir and, was doing show choir in middle school and show choir in high school. And I was still getting really serious about piano. And, um, you know, I always was like trying to go for the solos and show choir and choir and, um, did like all state choir. And then I went to college and, um, at Drake university in Des Moines, Iowa, where I, uh, I, at first I was studying just business. Okay. And then I decided to switch my major to music because I, I didn't really like, <laughs> I didn't really like doing the, I had like an internship in a nine to five office setting mm. and like, oh my God, 
I can't do this anymore. I hate this so much. And I wasn't really good at it either. <laughs> so um, changed my music major to music and I was really involved in choir. But um, later on, I joined a jazz combo at in, in college and we were started we started to perform like at small bars around town. And then when I graduated from college, I formed my own jazz combo and was just doing a lot of gigs with that, like playing a lot of standards, but also some like soulful hits and mm-hmm. some R and B songs and, you know, whatever. I, I still wasn't writing my own music at that time. I'd never, I still had never written my own music, although I'd been like super involved in music. Um, but I really enjoyed being a music major and I enjoyed having my jazz combo. Um, so, and then in 2019, I moved to Minneapolis from Des Moines uh, and I didn't really have a band or anything. Um, but I started working at the electric fetus and I started teaching uh, piano. Actually I'd been teaching piano for a while, but I got a job here in the twin cities and pandemic hit. That's kind of like, when I started actually writing songs and learning guitar and cause I like, I was like mostly unemployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the government was paying me to just chill at home. Mm-hmm. And, um, I finally had my own place. Like I had my own apartment and I felt like I had the privacy to try to like create my own songs. And so, yeah, I just had that time and, took it to my friend Colin, who is a, a audio engineer. And he was like, let's record these songs. Like I only had three or four songs at that time, but he kind of helped me gather a band together. And then we were, we started to record. Um, and then I just, we kind of slowly recorded the rest of, of the album and I was just releasing the singles. And mm-hmm. so here we are now, <laughs> we put it all together. Mm-hmm. Was that super long winded? No, it was perfect. We love long-windedness on a podcast. Okay. We're all about learning learning everything we can. Um, I do okay. want to back up slightly. Uh, what was your right. first music that you claimed as your own? Because, I mean, everyone's got, you know, their parents got the radio or their own tunes. But what was that first artist, that first CD, that first song that was like, this is, this is yours? Well, I mean, I grew up listening to country music, like hardcore, early 2000s, 90s. Mm-hmm. And I loved that so much, but I kind of like rejected it, you know, in my like teen years. And I was just listening to like she cheesy radio, like mm. at that point. But I, I think later in high school, I started to meet some friends who were like had they had more deep music tastes, I would say they had um, they were exploring lots of different stuff that I had never you know, heard mm-hmm. just on the radio. And I think I, it's like, I started listening to the white stripes and um, like, who else was I listening to at the time? The white stripes, Portugal, the man, cold war kids, mm-hmm. like more indie bands and um, rock, like the black keys and stuff like that. I was just getting into like indie music and trying to download as much as I could on my iPod. Mm-hmm. And trying to be cool, trying to keep up with my, my cool intellectual friends who were like, they were like, this is neutral milk hotel. And, you know, just yeah. got into some, some different stuff that wasn't like, you know, nineties, two thousands country or pop radio, which is like really all I'd been exposed to and choir music. 
you know, and classical music. Yeah. Of, you know. So I just, I wanted to, yeah, I started getting more exposed to that. And then I really came back to country in college. Cause I was like, man, there's some really good, like alt country artists that are um, hitting the scene. And I was like going to a lot more festivals mm-hmm. and I was like starting to claim that music as my own too. It was like, Oh, this is, combining my roots of country but like i don't know i just felt like it was that's where i was starting to really love americana music mm-hmm. and country music again um so yeah well cool so the record that you released it was released on july 21st it's called surrender to the night which it's a fantastic record congratulations i was really loving it's it's not always uh, the case when people send us music that I get instantly really excited to like keep listening, and this was one of those cases. So, congratulations! How does it feel to have the album out? Um, it's like probably the most proudest moment I've ever like had of myself in mm-hmm. my life. You know, I felt like I was really scared to create my own music, and I felt like I couldn't do it, or just like didn't know how to, didn't know how to be vulnerable, and like I don't know I just had to dig down deep and like try to start you know later in life than I think most songwriters start out and really believe in myself so like I'm just I'm super happy about it it's like the coolest thing I've ever Mm -hmm. done and I just you know I, I I can't even believe that it happened the way it did and that everybody was like helping me out with it all Mm -hmm. the people involved um it's like and and really uh uh, it's like been the most hard i've worked on something like it's just a project that i really care about Mm -hmm. um kind of after feeling like disillusioned with like all you know all my other stuff in life you know working and like my other jobs and just feeling like oh i'd never created my own thing and being a big fan of music and like just seeing other people succeed and other bands do well. And for me to like, look at them and be like, I know I can do that. I just, I'm not doing it because I'm not like giving myself the chance to do it. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing this I'm, for the rest of my life. You know, that we're going to release record after record after record, get ready. <laughs> you take over the world. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So you mentioned you started writing and playing more, I think it was guitar, uh, in 2020. What were those first, you know, three or four songs that you that you had written that you took to your friend Colin? Um, I The first song I wrote was called Revenge. Okay. And I just, like, kind of really liked the vibe of these two chords going back and forth and it was just kind of like, I don't even remember. I was just singing some random mm-hmm. words and I thought of a story in my head. And, um, and then I, and then the next song I was working on was my, my mind. Yeah. My mind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the process too much. What was the question? I was just asking, what were the, those original songs that you started yeah, this whole project so out on? It was revenge. My mind surrender to the night and union man those were like the first four that we did in like one session mm-hmm. one like three day recording session with colin and the band um and then i kind of wrote like very slowly like four more that we also recorded with colin like 
almost a year later. Mm-hmm. Um, then we recorded one at Honeytone, Bluff Country Paradise. And Eric and I, Eric Carranza, who's in my band, um, we we recorded Minneapolis, this Lucinda Williams cover at, mm-hmm. at his apartment because it didn't involve too much percussion. So it was like easier for us to DIY that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those first four, that's to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Was it always going to be an album or did you want to do like an EP? You had the songs and you're like, well, let's just keep going. I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly. And okay. the reason why I released so many singles is that exact reason was because like I didn't know if I was going to make it an EP or if I was going to like I, I didn't know but I ultimately said you know wanted to establish myself with a full length a record and just really have that collection of work out there even if I felt like I don't know if this is cohesive or what but like I just want this to be a record and I I think other people got excited about the idea too, or like my friends and my band members. And mm-hmm. um, so th- I, I didn't know what I was doing. That's why it was kind of like a long process of releasing s- singles. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, when I'm doing the next one, I'll be doing it very differently because I've learned so much from this first experience. Okay. Well, cool. So I kind of want to dig a little more into the process and kind of the songs on this record. So listening through it, each one is this very much a snapshot of life, whether you, you know, you have the local references that you're pulling from on Eagles 34 or these like stories of resilience, like Old Northern Woman or even the murder ballad, which is revenge. What are are these stories you're pulling from or these kind of kind of real life events? What's what's going on in your brain as you're putting these songs together? Um, they're kind of like fake story vignette type things, mm. like collections of image imagery that are popping into my head. Um, I would say the only song in there that's really like just based on my own true like feelings and experiences is my mind. Um, and Eagles 34, because that's like a real place. Um, but there is fake elements in there, like talking about a loon like a taxidermy loon on the wall there's not one there but that like it would be there right in every song and just kind of like you know making shit up but yeah ultimately i my my life's you know sometimes it's exciting but like i i really love thinking about stories um Mm -hmm. i can do whatever i want with with those stories there's no rules um yeah they're little vignettes Mm images do they start with you and acoustic guitar or i'm thinking even like uh is it propane and cigarettes that's like the rock the rock song on the record that is that so so that one i had to do a lot of like imagination Mm -hmm. because i'm not a guitar i like i play i strum basic chords Mm -hmm. i'm a new guitarist so i don't know how to like you know make a a cool riff out of it quite yet we're working on it but Mm -hmm. I just had to like imagine and I was kind of just I was listening to some bro country or I was like looking up country rock Mm. and country rock music. And I was thinking like I saw this this Spotify album or or Spotify playlist that was like country rock. And it was mostly dudes like Mm. it was literally mostly dudes um, 
but some of the stuff was really slapping. So I really liked this song. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just like a like really hard hitting. And I just was like picturing myself like singing and just having the drum there, mm-hmm. you know. And I just had the phrase like that first phrase of the song got my mind in the gutter and a tank full of gas. I'm moving like a freight train. Like I thought it was so cheesy, but like cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I made a better bro country rock song that is mine mm-hmm. and it's a little more dirty. Um, and then I took it to the band and I was like, Hey, I think Christian and, and Ross and, Bridger who were doing guitar stuff on on those recordings I was like can you guys like come up with a riff or something like something cool and hooky and there was a couple ideas that were thrown in and um yeah this one was just like really cool and they were doing kind of like an octave thing but also like harmonizing thing on this riff um and uh, it was super cool Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how that was formed but yeah it was acoustic guitar all of these are just me like trying to strum some chords and like even before I learned some of these bar chords but I knew that that was the chord that was going to be and it sort of forced me to learn more guitar mm-hmm. so I could like really accommodate what I wanted to do with the songs yeah what was that was that a pretty easy process for you as you kind of grew your skills as a player to, to incorporate more of the songs or was it you like, I want to write this thing. Now I got to figure out how to play it. Oh, you know, I felt like I had all the tools that I needed. Mm. You know, I, I, I've been doing music for a long, long time and I know a lot about music theory and I've taught a lot of piano and I know a lot about mm-hmm. chords and, and how to do things. You know, I, I know that in the key of G, like all these chords are going to work in the key of G. I had all the tools. So I felt like it was organic for mm. me and it started to feel like, oh, like, you know, most of these songs that I really love by artists are so simple chord wise, like yeah. chord progression wise. So I I can make simple songs too. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, sometimes the simpler, the better and the more hooky and catchy. And so I felt like I was just kind of learning guitar as I, as I went. Um, and it was really motivating. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So with your band, are they the ones who played on the record or did you kind of have a series of like studio musicians to, to found, fill it out and then built the band separately? It was the band. It was the band. Um, but now when we have shows, it's like sometimes Christian's not available or like, you know, Bridger's super busy. He's mm-hmm. playing with Kid Tiger and they're playing all the time. But, you know, sometimes he is available and sometimes I have to sub people out in and out, but it's the same core group of people. Um, Eric joined in, um, into the band. Um, and then I did have a backup vocalist, Jordan Stammers, who, uh, was on like seven or eight of the songs. Uh, she moved out of state. So now I perform with a different, uh, backup vocalist, Abby Janai, who's in the band Goat Roper. Hmm. Shout out to Goat Roper great local country band okay cool and she now is playing keys uh as well so that's kind of a new element to the live show for 
some of our shows. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool. I do want to ask about uh, the album's closer, which is at Lucinda Williams cover Minneapolis that you kind of talked about. Talk to me about like why you picked that song and then chose to close out the record that way. Um, well, you know, honestly, I think it was an idea posed by Colin like a couple years ago when we first started or when we were, um, well, when we were doing some of our first recordings and, um, it kind of stuck with me cause I was like, Oh, you know, Lucinda Williams is beloved by everybody and she's a wonderful songwriter and I really admire her. And, um, I've learned a lot of, about songwriting through, mm-hmm. you know, pl- like covering her songs or like yeah. trying to, you know, look through her catalog and, um, the song Minneapolis, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's like local, you know, mm-hmm. shout out. Um, and I feel like it's so interesting because the word Minneapolis, you it seems like it would be hard to like set that word to music. Cause it's just kind of a weird word, but she yeah. does it seamlessly and perfectly. Um, and, uh, I thought that it, it was, uh, it's her, her version is really like simple and I wanted to try to see what I could do with the production and, and bring my own like groove to it and, and, uh, my own sound. I thought that it's perfect to, to round out a record that's like referencing the Midwest Mm -hmm. and referencing, you know, like the Eagles club is a Minneapolis thing as well. Mm -hmm. And. I talk about Minnesota and old Northern woman. And like, I just felt like I'm establishing myself as like, I'm a twin cities artist. I'm a Midwest artist and I'm admiring the greats. She's one of the greats. I'm paying Mm -hmm. homage Uh, and bringing to light, maybe a song people who are, who listen to my music, haven't heard her version or heard, heard this song. And um, it's a really great, uh, piece of work that I relate to like the lyrics and they're really cutting and and I'm relating to like the struggle of like just being sad during winter missing somebody and um I think there's really cool imagery in there that leaves leaves you to be able to interpret what's going on story-wise or Mm. you can relate to your own emotions and I just think closing it out with that, I don't know. It just, uh, I don't know. It just yeah. seemed like a little tail end to the original mm. chunk of music. Yeah, no, totally. It makes sense. I I wanted to ask you a little bit about really kind of focusing on the Midwest as you're kind of, I mean, obviously you're from here. You're not going to try and pretend to be like a, like a Southerner writing about stuff like that, but you don't always think country music. You could. could I'm allowed to write about Southern stuff and I will. (laughs) True. Watch out. Yeah. That's, that's very, uh, I mean, Keith Urban got to pretend to be an American as an Australian. So. And I loved him. Okay. Mm. I was a big fan of Keith Urban. (laughs) Don't forget it. Was it uh, John Deere, John 360? What's that song? That one's the one song I know uh, of his anyway. I don't know. I don't don't recognize that one. I asked John Cougar, John Deere, John 316. It's a newer one. I... (laughs) Biblical reference? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, who would have thought? But... No, I just, like, I had a really big crush on him. mm. Oh, my God. There's, like, a ton of motorcycles going by right now. 
Uh, I had a really big crush on Keith Urban as a kid. So, but I don't anymore. <laughs> I got over it. That's fair. But what about, you know, referencing the Midwest in these songs? Like what, what kind of really draws you to, to pull on that place other than obviously being from here? Cause you, again, you don't think of talking about Minneapolis in a country song. You're, you're you may be thinking your dirt roads, your cornfields, some interpersonal relationships, but the Midwest isn't always something you think about. Even like Bluff Country, you're, uh, of course, I'm blanking on the song lyrics or the song titles, but. Oh, no, you're good. Bluff Country Paradise. There it is. Yeah. Which kind of like draws to, you know, the southeastern part of the state or like what what about that makes you just kind of keep coming back to that, or at least on these songs as a as a place? Um, Honestly, I think it's just because like. I'm here and I'm just grasping at anything I can that is going to, I don't know, uh, push me creatively and like make me, you know, I, I don't know. I, I write about what you know, I guess. And um, yeah, I probably cause I'm here and I was mm-hmm. raised in uh, Iowa. Mm. So like, I don't know. And I think there just needs to be more, country songs from a midwestern perspective rather than just like west or south uh of you know part parts of the united states um but yeah they they like are near and dear to my heart so i feel emotional Mm -hmm. about them and i'm able to convey things when i feel emotional about them um and because i like that's my audience people here love that shit Mm -hmm. you know they love that you're talking about bluff country, you know, the people that are from there. Hopefully I'm reaching those audiences. Um, I guess that's the reason, probably because it's easy and it's there and it's in front of me. Mm-hmm. It's all around me. Fair. Yeah. It's, you're a songwriter. Of course, you're going to pull from what you, what you see. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I did want to ask, this is probably going to be, as someone who lives, especially musically in the Twin Cities and the punk, the indie the more rock scene. Talk to me a little bit about the country scene here. Cause I, I, I it's, I'm hard pressed when I think about local country acts that I, I think of bands that sound like you. I mean, I think, you know, like Bridger outside of playing kiss the tiger, I know his steel abilities and I've seen him play in kind of more folk influence bands, but what's the country scene like in the twin cities? Well, I guess I can only speak to the last, like what, what year it's 2023. I mm-hmm. started late 2021 so I can really only speak to that and what I've seen is really awesome Mm -hmm. and I guess I hear from people who've been here longer than me that it's like grown into a more flourishing scene but um that's just what I've heard from from other people uh but like when I was first kind of recording my music and starting to like get my name out there I just went to a lot of shows and did a lot of like two-stepping and I realized that there's like a whole community of people who do country dancing all the time and who teach country dancing and line dancing and all that stuff and um I don't know I I feel like it's a very rich uh scene of of artists and um but I I don't have like a reference really that's fair 
What was it like to play out the first time then as, as, as you know, yourself, not with like a jazz combo, not doing kind of more choral stuff when you're on stage, you're Molly Brandt, you're, you're the songwriter here. What was that like? Oh, it was crazy. I, we just did, we did like a show at Palmer's. That was our Mm. first show. I mean, the band's so incredible and professional that like, I feel like, you know, they've been performing all the time, like for years and I was really new to it. And I remember feeling like afterwards, like, Oh, I need to practice guitar more. And like, I need to get used to playing guitar in front of people. That was the first time I like performed guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. It was just me playing strumming my acoustic. Uh, and it wasn't an acoustic electric. I had to put like a little shitty microphone on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of friends come and felt really good to share my songs with the world. Felt kind of surreal, like, oh, I could have been doing this all along. <laughs> the hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I love being on stage. Well, that's awesome. So I got just a few questions left here as we're, we're winding things down. What's a favorite moment or moments from working on Surrender to the Night, whether you're in the studio or writing the music or working on the the tunes with your band? What's one that kind of sticks to mind or a couple that come to mind when, when thinking about that process? Um, I mean, the first recording session was unreal to me because I'd never been part of anything like that. And they, the musicians are so professional and we did it where, you know, we record the whole band together and then we kind of add on other layers mm-hmm. that need to be added and vocals. And so it was a really like cool environment and a really chill environment. Um, I was super nervous, but that was probably... I mean, that first time, because I just didn't, I, I was like, oh, these people are here for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's still hard for me to recognize, you know, understand people are volunteering their time for me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. But um, yeah, that and really any, I've, there there was like two other recording sessions when we went to Honeytone, which is mm-hmm. out in Wisconsin, and we just recorded Bluff Country, Paradise. And that was super cool experience. And then just like some performances that were, you know, the more memorable ones, like opening for the Cactus Blossoms at the Turf Club back in January of this year was like, oh, this is super cool. I had had that goal for myself for a while. Like, oh, I want to open for the Cactus Blossoms someday. And it happened. Um, in fact, we opened for them again, like a week ago. So, um yeah, those bigger shows. And then the album release show was mm. like fun. Um, but I also think just the like moments where I was by myself creating and having like little epiphanies and starting to like really feel good about myself, you know, when I had struggled maybe a little bit before that um, and really feeling like I'm finding my purpose in life, mm-hmm. just like me creating stuff. So uh, it's been amazing. Yeah. As someone who's, you know, a new songwriter and a newer, you know, artist, what's kind of your goal? What's the, the, the thing you want to do the most with this project kind of moving forward? Um, I think we're going to take the show on the road and try to like, you know, book some shows outside of the state outside of the Midwest. And, I want to take it to Nashville and try to put together a show or two there and like, you know, 
hit up the people that need to hear my music <laughs> over there. And um, I'm working uh, working on a potentially trying to do some traveling in, in spring with a band out of Chicago, um, singer-songwriter Riley Downs. Um, mm. And her band's called Riley Downs and the Acid Cowboys. But yeah, we're going to Chicago next Sunday. We're going back to Chicago again later in September. So I'm trying to like get some, just try to spread things out a little bit more regionally and nationally. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, praying to the Spotify gods that maybe my music will be pushed, you know, out there. But whatever, it's a struggle. And I just want to like hurry up and record the next record Mm -hmm. and performing and um i have a couple i have like some video content that that i'm going to be releasing soon and um i think i want to do some more like just like home videos of me playing my songs or mm-hmm. playing other people's songs so it's kind of the the goals coming up for me oh cool few more questions. Uh, what are some of the local acts that you want to make sure people know about, whether they're bands you played with, some local or regional artists you absolutely love? This is kind of our time we like to give to give the shout out to the local homies a little bit. Gosh, local. There's so many. Well, like I said, Goat Roper. Mm-hmm. Um, they are a cool uh, duo fronted country band and uh claire doyle is incredible she's got a couple singles out and um her voice is amazing the band willow creek brothers a lot of my band members are also in that band it's uh, 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 another duo fronted band um two dudes uh they're not brothers but they call themselves the willow creek brothers um see who else i've really enjoyed sarah morris's mm-hmm. new record um Megan and the Bird Watchers, awesome. Um oh my gosh. Taylor James Donsky. Love him. Great songwriter. Great record that just came out a couple months ago, I think, or mm-hmm. it was in the last, you know, half a year or so. Turn, turn, turn. Another they also had another had a record that came out this past like spring. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who. Well, the people that the bands that opened for me at my album release show, Pit Stop and Becky Capel. Hmm. Pit Stop, super cool. They're like very hip. Uh, another duo fronted thing. We love that. Um, I'm forgetting lots of people, but that's kind of what's coming okay. to my mind right now. Yeah. If we wanted to stop and talk about every cool band in the Twin Cities or the region, we'd be here for hours. There's so many, and I'm forgetting like all, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, where can people connect with you online? They want to make sure we know when music's coming out, when you're playing shows, where where can we f- learn about Molly Brandt? Um, you can go to mollybrandt.com. I am working on a website update, so... Mm. It's, it's a little janky right now, but it's got information on it that you can find. Um, or you can go to Instagram, and my handle is the Molly Brandt. And I'm also just, I just got a Threads account. <laughs> find me on there. Same thing, the Molly Brandt. Twitter, which I guess is now X. I refuse to call it X. Okay, yeah, Twitter. We will call it Twitter forever. <laughs> um, I'm on there. Mm-hmm. 
for now. Facebook, um, Molly Bright Music. If you want to add me as a friend and you don't know me, just like go like the music page, you know, mm-hmm. PSA to everybody. And TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I have a TikTok. Okay. It's, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's stuff there. Wonderful. Well, people should check out uh, all of your pages when possible. They should listen to the record. It's called Surrender to the Night. It's out now. It's fantastic. Molly, I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on and um, had a wonderful time. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.